I would like you to open up your Bibles to Matthew 28, please. And we want to read from verse 18. And I'm going to share for a few minutes to direct our hearts and our faith towards what God is doing within our midst here. I've just entitled this passage of Scripture, um, uh, and this is the truth that stands out to me. I've entitled it, The Hallowed Call of the Church. Remember, Rigby spoke so well on holy ambition. Well, this is our holy call. This is the holy call of the church. If we have a holy ambition, we need to respond to a holy call. And this is the call that God brings to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the reason why we baptize people who come to faith in Christ. And this is what the scripture says. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Can you say the word all nations? Would you say that this church represents many nations? You better believe it because January the 30th, we're having an all nations lunch here. And then you will see the amount of nations that are represented within this church, which is absolutely awesome. And so the Lift Church is centered within the hallowed call of God. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And then he says something very purposeful here. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This passage of scripture is so full of truth. That if we hang our faith upon this passage of scripture. The church will be relevant and the church will be the church that Jesus came to build. Would you agree with me? Over the centuries, we have seen how the church have moved away from its hallowed call, and where the church have followed the tradition of men and women, instead of returning to the hallowed call of God. And here in Switzerland, Lift Church cannot afford to move away from this hallowed call, this holy call in which God has called us. Because this church exists to carry out the purposes of God. We were standing and talking to a few people there just last week. And one of the people came to me and they said to me, Piet, you will not know what this church had meant within our lives over the last three years that we've been here. She says, what would we have done if the church wasn't here? And that is a good question. 
because I think that when the church fulfills her mission, then people are able to move into the adventures that God has for them in a more complete way. That's why the Bible wants us to go into all of the nations to preach the gospel and out of that to establish churches. And so there are just a couple of words that I want to highlight in the few minutes that I have this morning. The first word for us to fulfill this hallowed call that God has called us to is the word go. It simply means when he says it, then Jesus, sorry, I'm reading the other scripture, then Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. You know, it, 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 it's, I like the word go because it refers to all of us to be personally involved in this call. We're privileged that we responded to the call of God and we can. You have responded to the call of God. For some of you, you didn't know that God was bringing you here for a certain reason and a purpose. And of course, Acts chapter 17 says that God determines where we should live so that perhaps you may find God. So being here in Zuc, Lucerne and Zurich, for some of you, you're not here by accident. You moved here maybe because of a job or because of other opportunities, and yet some of you have bumped into Jesus because others have gone and have opened up this hallowed call to you and I. We came here because God called us, and we went. It says, go. So we've got to be personally involved in this call. My friend Graham Hamilton said the one night when Jenny read that scripture within their home, that it just grabbed his heart, the scripture which says that um, God determines where we should live, and God sends us to places that perhaps we may find him. And that scripture just opened up his heart to God like Lydia's heart was opened up when the message was spoken to her. And he found Jesus. When the church lives out her call, people will find Jesus. Not religion, because religion does nothing for us. But people find the living Christ, which changes our lives and it changes who we are and it puts a hope within our hearts whereby we no longer look at ourselves for salvation, we look at someone else who saves us and that is Jesus. Our friends, that is the hallowed call of God. Oftentimes I meet new friends in Zook and we sit down with them and they don't know what Jenny and I do. And eventually they try and guess who we are. And the one guy said to me, are you a banker? 
I said, heavens forbid. <laughs> and eventually, um, we tell them that what we do. And several times, and most often, the guys would say to me, but you just don't look like a father or a priest or a minister. You certainly don't act that way. And I say to them, that's the best commendation that anybody has ever given me. Because I'm not religious. I'm just not religious. I don't like religion. I don't like the religious things that people do. I steer away from it. Because you see, my friends, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, is not a religious activity. It is a response out of a living relationship with Jesus that changes the way I make decisions, the way I respond to crises. I know that you are responding to crises now. I know your heart is sore because of what is happening. But my friends, as believers, we respond differently to crises. We find ways in which we can be encouraged. And I know that some of you want to see your family. I know that some of your family is supposed to come here. We've spoken to so many of you. I haven't seen my son for three years. He was 23 the last time I saw him. He's 26 now. He's a young man. He was... You know, so what I do on Friday nights, when he plays at home um, for his club cricket, they stream it, and so on Friday night, I watched him play cricket from half past 10 until 2 o'clock in the morning. So that helps a little bit, and he runs around there, and he still looks like my nine-year-old boy. <laughs> Can't say that to him. But you see that, uh, when our hearts are sore, as Christians, who have a living relationship with Jesus, we make decisions differently. Religion will cause us to make decisions that really doesn't honor God because we can never follow the rules and the regulation of religion. Amen? We fall so far short of it. But when we have a living relationship with Christ, he changes us from the inside and the Bible doesn't become a rule book. It becomes a book that comes alive and it sheds, as Honley said, light on our path. The Bible gives us enough light for every day to follow Jesus. That is what the church's mission is. That's the call to all, each and every one of you. I'm so thrilled that you are in Sukh. I'm so thrilled you're a part of this church or another church if you're just visiting today because when you go, you go into the workplace, you go into your recreational place, you go when you go cycling with friends, but you go with that clear call of God within your heart and he says to you what? Go and take this wonderful gospel and slowly but surely to love people with this message that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. My friends, that is what we are passionate about in this church. And so the Bible says here, go and make disciples. That means all of us are to be involved in this mission. We make disciples. That means a disciple is simply someone who 
follows Jesus and we help people to follow Jesus. We don't help people to follow a church. We don't help people to follow a man. We point towards Jesus. We build away from ourselves and we build towards Jesus. That's the type of disciples that the church should be building. We want them to be loyal to Jesus. And then, thirdly, it says, baptizing them. That means the church is called to do church God's way. Not the church's way, not tradition's way, not man's way, not your own personal preference. We do church God's way. Baptism, my friends, as you will see today, is not invented by man. It is God's way for those who get baptized to represent to the world in an outward way, which Jesus did 2,000 years ago. Every time a person gets baptized without words, but through their actions, they say to the world, this is what Jesus did for me on the cross. And I believe that he did it for me personally. It's a proclamation of the gospel that we personally receive within our lives. You see, we as a church do things God's way. And that's why we baptize people who have a faith in Jesus. Baptism is an outward picture of what God did personally for you and I in Christ. I said this to someone else. The devil hates baptisms. He'll do whatever he can to stop people from being baptized. Why? It is that moment that the devil is reminded of his greatest defeat. And every time when someone gets baptized, it is a reminder to all of us of Jesus' greatest triumph and victory. Isn't that beautiful? And that's what we do when we agree to get baptized. We are the spoken and outward message of the cross to the world and to principalities and powers. You say that you're not a preacher. My friends, the moment you get baptized, you go underneath the water and you come out, you are proclaiming the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And your life says, it should have been me who died upon the cross that day. But when you go underneath the water, you actually say, but it was Jesus. When you're underneath the water and all people in our church, they stay underneath the water for three minutes <laughs> because Jesus was buried for three days. When I said it to Olivia, who's getting baptized this morning, she just looked at me and said, I I'm only joking, Olivia. <laughs> and she still wants to be baptized. But you see, we identify with the death of Jesus and his burial. 
And then on the third day, and I've shared with you the picture in villages in Africa, when the person is underneath the water, and they really genuinely try and keep them underneath the water for as long as possible. And there is tension within the village as people are being baptized. Tension. And it's quiet, and there's anxiousness. And the moment they lift this person out of the water, the whole village cheers and they rejoice because there is a resurrection that takes place. And so whenever someone gets baptized here and they come out of the water, we rejoice because it speaks about Jesus overcoming the devil, dealing sin a death's blow, and overcoming every principality and power. And it represents the newness of life within us that Jesus accomplished on the cross. We do it God's way. And when the church do things God's way, that clarion call, that hallowed call, that holy call, sparks life and light into the lives of people. And this church is committed to that hallowed call. And we want to thank these people who are getting baptized today to help us to do it God's way. Amen.